You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about cozy books. Ooh, someone Ooh. go go get yourself a nice cup of. Should we have apple like cider? I don't know what cozy sounds are like the sounds mm. of tea pouring. Sounds <laughs> of I don't know why a I crackling fireplace. A crackling fireplace <laughs> does sound nice. Uh, the sound of someone putting on a sweater, which Ooh. is silent. It's just silent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's like some weird ASMR stuff. Yeah, that's right. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Um, you know, I know it's October. Everyone's expecting me to talk about a spooky book, but we're talking cozy books today. So I wanted to read something somewhat cozy. And this is on this was one of the Glassers like top books of the year. So I felt like I needed to check it out. It's uh, I know you read it too, a Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. Oh, this is top tier cozy book. Uh, it's it's cozy, but like kind of adventurous too. Um, it is. Damn, this is a highly rated book. Um, so basically, um, in this book, in this world, uh, on this planet that we're on, um, years and years ago, the robot said, you know what? We are now self-aware and we will no longer be working for the humans. Sorry. So they leave. Is Which, it Earth? You know I what? Know I get it. I don't know if it's Earth or not, weirdly. Um, I think it's not. I don't um, know. But... Um, and then we follow the life of this monk who is a tea monk. And this monk, their whole job, such a cozy job, is to set up a traveling little caravan thing, put out cozy pillows, boil some hot water, make nice teas for people when people come in, and basically a little bit of a therapy ses- session. Like, they talk about their problems to the monk. The monk listens, gives them some tea. That's the monk's job. But at some point, the monk is like, I think I need to go to the wilderness. I think I need to see more. I've always wanted to hear the sound of crickets. Like, I've never heard that. And so this monk heads into the wilderness and runs into a robot. And the robot has been sent from the robot. No one has seen a robot in years and years and years. And the robot has been sent to find out what people need. And now the monk has to sort of answer this question as they go on this kind of short little quest it's a novella so it's short um but it's very cozy it's like i would say mallory i mean i think it's it's obviously like dealing with some some philosophical questions i think Mm -hmm. it really if y'all are following the trend of quiet quitting i've been interested in this do you know about quiet quitting isn't it just like doing your job doing less it's doing your job, but doing less, not working overtime, not doing all the over the over. That's what people things. should do. That's what bothers me about quiet quitting is that like you shouldn't be doing more than you're being paid for. Well, I think that's the point is that they're trying to make the point that like in this economy, in, in this economy, in this are we're expected <laughs> to do above and beyond. Um, uh, and uh, but what if you didn't do above and beyond and you just did exactly what the job called for, which I think is a really great thing um, to do what this job calls for. And I think like this is an interesting, it's an interesting book to come out at this time where where we're going through this interesting time in our economy where people are like, yeah, I don't want to do that job that doesn't pay very much money and doesn't keep, make me happy. Instead, I want to go find- And old people get real mad I'm about go it. I find where the fucking crickets are. And so this monk goes and does that. And um, it's obviously not totally the same because before they just served people tea, which also seemed like a pretty nice, sweet gig. But yeah, so it's kind of about that. It's kind of talking about people and their needs and humans and what it means to be human to this robot. And it's cute. You know, you got robots being like, oh, I've never seen someone do this before. You know, robots excited about human shit. It's a very, I would say it's a pretty cozy book considering it takes place in the wilderness. What do you read? Well, about? he he has a the the person has a cart, right? It's like a cozy have, little. I love that tea cart. They have a tea cart, and everything in the tea cart can yeah, it gets you can bring out these cozy pillows. You can be very comfortable, and also there are many types of tea. It's sort of like a like a covered wagon situation, but that's how I pictured it. Nicer, too. like I I called it a caravan, but I think that's what I mean was a covered covered wagon, uh, which just sounds and but you can lock it up. You can be completely locked inside. So if a bear comes or something, you, yeah. can, you can lock yourself in there. Uh, <laughs> what if which, the bear wants wants some tea and wants has, to tell you its problems? At some point, a, bear, a bear or some <laughs> wild animal comes. Um, what are you reading, Mally? I am not reading a cozy book. I am reading a spooky book, but it is middle grade spooky, so it's not um, too spooky, I would say. Uh, it is by friend of the show, Chuck Wendig. It mm. is Dustin Grimm. And I, I actually pre-ordered this book last year for spooky season and ended up not getting, into it, getting to it because I – 
read, you know, only only horror books during spooky season and I get a make make, make myself a huge stack and I didn't get to it. And now and I was like, well, I'll just save it for next spooky season. And now I'm reading it. I'm halfway through and I'm loving it so much. It is so it's a middle grade horror and it's very graveyard book. If that is in, in your wheelhouse and it's about this 13 year old girl and she got raised by a very crappy dad and she finds out that. Uh, she has a sibling. So she has a brother and he, she got raised by their dad, who is a very bad person. And he was raised by their mother, who was, by all all accounts, the awesome parent. So after the, their dad dies, she gets approached by her uncle, who's also a lawyer. And it's like, hey, actually, you have a brother and uh, your, your mother also died. So her death and your dad's death have triggered you and your brother inheriting you know, this, this, this family business. And she doesn't know anything about it, but her, cause her dad left their mom with her and, um, was not involved in any of it, but the family business is a mortuary and her brother lives there and her brother works there with, uh, with this woman who helps him run it. And so she shows up and is like, Hey, I'm your long lost sister. And by the way, now that both of our parents are dead, I own half of this. Uh, and he is very upset and very flustered. Uh, he's a very fastidious person. Uh, and he doesn't, and she is not, she's very chaotic. She loves to cosplay and wears like her cosplay costumes all the time. <laughs> and, um, and she gets there and her, her uncle slash lawyer is like, all right, you're going to stay here while we're figuring out this paperwork stuff. Cause the, the brother's like, I don't want to give you half this bu- business. I've lived here my whole life. This is, I want to keep running it. I don't want you to take it. So her, her uncle's like, all right, I'm going to try to figure out how we can make this pretty easy. Um, uh, get some paperwork together. But while you're staying here, like snoop around and try to like find out some secrets that we can use to, to make this easier for you legally. Uh, and Surprise, surprise, there's some spooky things going on mm. in this in this funeral home. It's not a funeral for hu- or it's not a funeral home for humans. Oh. Um that's not a spoiler. It's in the back like on the the jacket copy. It is a it's a mortuary for monsters. Oh, yeah. Um mm-hmm. and spooky stuff and, and suspicious stuff starts to happen right away. And uh, I won't spoil anything for you after that, but it is so you've got like complicated family drama you've got monsters you've got a cool house you've got a funeral home stuff you've got a spooky woods which is really fun Mm. it's just an absolute blast i like inhaled half of it last night it was it's just so much fun the characters are fun and if you are someone who wants to scratch a spooky itch but don't like it's it's spooky but it's not super terrifying like there's some scary moments but it's not um it's again it's middle grade scary yeah um so i'm absolutely loving it that's dust and gr- oh and most important part bria it's illustrated oh love that you know I'm a big so fan. the beginning part of each chapter is like a little illustration of a scene from that chapter um so that is really really fun to, to see so if you like illustrated books so that's dust and grim by chuck wendig and mine is A Song for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. And at the beginning, I started to say uh, this came up on the best of the year uh, from the Glassers, but not this book. Sorry. It's not this book. It's the sequel to this book. It come, comes up. And it's it's uh, a prayer for the, sh- up. for the sh- crown shy. Is the, and it yes. just came out this year. And th- that was on a lot of Glassers best of. So I felt like I had to read the first one in order to get to that one. Yes. So that was a very popular one on the Glassers list if people are or if you're looking for a series, you want to start a series? Great. So the sequel's Prayer for the Crown Shy, and this one is... A Psalm for uh, the Wild, wild Bill. So, so, Psalm yes. for the Wild Bill, yep. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Bria, people are excited for a Sporer episode. It's coming at you. We're on our way. We're doing the Sporer episode. We're going to have a friend on. And we're going to have a special yeah. special guest for it that wrote a very a new and buzzy Sporer book. So mm-hmm. very, we're pumping up the, the Sporer already. I wish we had, a, there's no mushroom noise. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, no, sorry. You're not going to get any, any sound effects for the, for the first borer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vanessa wrote in to say, I'm so excited for a potential fungal horror themed episode. I had to write in with the plug for my favorite fungal horror book. It's cold storage by David Kopp. I have never heard of this. I have, it was on my list for a really long time and I just never got to it. I did not realize it was a spore book though. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm looking it up right now. Autumn wrote in and said, hello, Brian Mallory. I live in Portland, Oregon and frequent the Southeast Hawthorne Pals. I was browsing through my favorite section and look what I found. A whole shelf devoted to mycological horror. I'm saying that right, right? Mycological? Yes. Yeah. 
thought of you guys immediately. I've included a picture because, obviously, love the podcast. Thanks for all the amazing book recommendations you've given over the past years. It has impacted my reading life in the best way. Wow, we didn't know. I've been telling people Spora is a trend. Oh, yeah. And so Autumn sent us a, a picture of a of several shelves of oh. Spore books, which is pretty cool. Love that. So uh, Dylan wrote in with a wheelhouse that is satire, graphic novels, affable queer characters, fantasy like Dungeons and Dragons, Mary Roach style nonfiction. Oh, love that. And anything set in a tundra. Oh, you got to check out Road of Bones that we both just read. Good horror book for oh, yeah. set in a, in a so tundra. So, and so scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Um, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show, delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And quick bookmark from us, a spooky bookmark, a bookmark, if you will. There uh, is going to be a Halloween readathon. It's happening. Bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Halloween readathon is going to be October 23rd. That is a Sunday. It's going to start in the morning and then go for eight hours from wherever you are. We're obviously in Pacific time here in Southern California, but we will have a Instagram live to kick off the day uh, starting around either nine or 10 our time Pacific time. We haven't decided yet. And then final Instagram live will be around five or six our time. But just all you got to do is read for eight hours. You can read for more if you want. Uh, And then we are less. You can read for one hour. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Wait, just 30 minutes. You, 30 minutes? Wow. You joined the readathon. You did it. Yes. It could be a, you can think of it as a reading relay race and <laughs> then read for a little bit and then let your fellow glassers take it from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to do a group read. It's uh, Fly Away by Kathleen Jennings. Uh, it is a tour.com novella, so it'll be really short and should be able to be readable by most people during the readathon. Um, should only take, most novellas, what, take you like an hour or two to read? I think. <clears throat> I think whatever it takes for people, I think it takes me longer than that. But uh, I think most of them take like three hours. And if you look at like Kindle, it's like, how long will this take to read? I think it says like three, three and a half hours or something. But I think, uh, you know, whatever it takes for people to read. And again, so that's Fly Away by Kathleen Jennings. Uh, I am reading it right now, as I said last episode, to make sure that there's nothing too too triggery in there. I will say right now it is uh, content warnings for a missing family member, mean neighbors, and monsters um but it is really really fun but it's not too scary we thought it'd be a perfect pick for the for a spooky readathon but after that uh get, gather your other horror-y spooky books and uh and join us during the final instagram live at the end of the day we'll be talking about flyaway but also the other stuff we read it's going to be really really fun again that's october 23rd so uh before we talk about cozy books we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by StoryWorth. Have you ever been chatting with a loved one you thought you knew better than anyone in the whole world and they started telling you a story you have never heard before? Have you ever thought about how many other stories you don't know? This has happened to me. We we uh, connected with, um, my family connected with an aunt who told us many, many amazing stories about my grandmother and my grandfather that we didn't know. And hey, that's why they're StoryWorth. Every week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a unique prompt of your choice from a vast pool of thought-provoking questions like, what is one of the fondest childhood memories you have or what's the best advice you've ever received? This is such a great way to connect with someone. It is a great way to find out more about this person and to let them know that you want to know more about them. I have one of these. I got one for my mother. She went and got one for her whole family. It was so interesting reading what she wrote and... Now I have a little book that tells me all these stories about her that I will have forever. And the StoryWorth podcast spotlights actual StoryWorth customers who volunteer to share their stories with you. So be, be sure to check that out. The podcast shares some of the most heartfelt, hilarious, and inspiring stories for everyone to hear. So StoryWorth helps bring you closer to your loved ones. Learn all about the stories you can discover at StoryWorth.com slash podcast. That's S-T-O-R-Y worth.com slash podcast to learn all about the stories you can discover. Storyworth.com slash podcast. Glasses. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. 
Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy. But the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. This week, Bria Autumn is officially here, which means it's the perfect time for us to explore the world of cozy books. What does it mean for a book to be cozy? How do you find titles in this category? And is this a genre that you should try out? Cozy time. Mm-hmm. Bria and I are... Hold on, I have to put on my, my sweater and get out my stuff to make uh, s'mores. So I got, I get or my hot, hot harvest tea mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, I got... Trader Joe's has officially released all their pumpkin and harvest flavored I'm, things. I'm excited. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go next. I'm Put on go. a pair of wool thick thick wool socks mm-hmm. and prop your feet up in front of By a the way, it's like fireplace. Seventy nine degrees today, I think in LA. So I'm not feeling particularly cozy. <laughs> but let's talk about cozy. Mallory, how do you define cozy? So if a book is described as cozy, it means it follows some specific rules. Any sex or violence happens off page, which means that it's referred to, but it you don't you're not there as it's happening. Like you're not like there's a I, lot I of violence say, in these books, but you just don't see it. Yes. Happen. You don't see it happen. Um there's only mild profanity. So this is, would not be a cozy podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and there isn't any gore. It's like sort of called the gentlest category of books. Um, and they're sometimes called cozies instead of cozy books, which is extremely cute. It's like a book wrapped in a little Oh, a tea cozy. That's what I, I like in a, yeah. in a nice warm sweater. Um, they're usually mystery books, right? And they mm-hmm. uh, typically follow certain tropes. The main character of a cozy mystery is, uh, is, is it's never a cop. It's never law enforcement. The emphasis is on puzzle solving instead of suspense and tension. And the setting is usually some sort of small community. Yes. Uh, there are other types of cozy subgenres. I've seen cozy romances, um, just straight up cozies that aren't to have no mystery element but we want yeah or like a cozy fantasy we're having um uh the author of legends and lattes on the show when his book comes out later um travis in november in november but that is definitely a fantasy cozy it is just a cozy book about someone opening uh an orc opening a coffee shop so it is fantasy but cozy So for this episode, we wanted to read sort of something more very like classically cozy, cozy, Uh, classic cozy mystery. So Bria, what did you read for this and what did you think about it? Well, you sent me a book and said I should read it. So I read that one. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even remember where that popped up, but I saw it immediately. I was like, oh, my God, this is what Bria should read for the cozy. Uh, Okay, it was called Forbidden, Forbidden Fatality. That's F-U-R by Deborah Blake, because it's about a woman who wins the lottery and buys an animal shelter. So it's forbidden. Um, and then, dun-dun-dun, there's a murder of the dog warden at the shelter, uh, in the middle of the night, and she finds the body, so she's the number one suspect, but also has to, like, run an animal shelter, like, figure out how to get this up and going, uh, while figuring out who really did it. I read a review, I looked on Goodreads just to see what people were saying, and someone was like, this gives a lot of really good information about what it's like to run an actual shelter, (laughs) and how, what, like... There was this whole conversation about, like, uh, um, ventilation in a shelter and, like, how important it is. And I was like, this is kind of, like, a lot of good information. Like, what to do if you find a stray cat? The whole opening addresses kitten season, which people might know that I um, I, sh- I foster kittens during kitten season. Um, and that it's something that, like, people don't talk about very often, but kittens are usually born just one it's time. It's a thing. And, when you- and, they're, and they, the shelters get overrun with kittens during this time. When you work with animals, kitten season is like the start of football season yeah, where you're like, everyone's gearing up for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so there's a murder for this woman. Uh, it's a problem. And I don't read books like this very often, but it it's funny. I read this one and Legends and Lattes kind of like back to back. And um, they're just such like breezy little reads and not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like like everything is clear. The characters are clear. You understand their goals. At the end, it's very satisfying. You find out. There's a mystery in Legends and Lattes also. You find out uh, in Forbidden for, for Fatality, you're like, who did the murdering and why? 
We know <laughs> there's no spoiler, but, uh, you know, it's probably not the lead of the book, which is nice. Um, it's not, it's, you're not going to have some gray area uh, characters. It's all going to be. No, um, there's no moral quandaries in, in cozies. No, 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 no. And what did you read? Uh, you did not read a. A shelter-based cozy, did you? No, I thought the shelter-based one was for, for you, for sure. Um, for sure. Uh, I don't know why I'm going, rolling with the puns today, but it's for sure. channeling channeling somebody's dad. I read the first in the Cambridge Bookshop series by Elizabeth Penny, which Elizabeth wow. Penny is a cozy mystery author name. Um, it's called Chapter and Curse instead of Chapter and Verse. And that's the other thing. A lot of cozy titles are puns. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Forbidden Fatality. Mm-hmm. A lot of there's a so there's a lot of besides like the genre tropes there's a lot of other like sort of um, uh, commonalities in cozies like punny name and we Bria we both realized when you texted me about yours and I texted you about mine that we, both of ours were about starting a business lunches and lattes so they're all so about we like, starting this new chapter and they were all businesses. What is yes. that? What is that as par- far as the tropes go? Like we don't, there's, there. that's not included in any of the explanations. No, and I but I think. Like what's more stressful than starting a new business? But they make it seem, look, I, obviously the lead of my book was very tired, but it also like felt like she was doing something new and exciting, which maybe that's part of it. I don't know. That w- I think my, my theory is that a lot of these cozy mysteries are a little bit escapist. So there's a mm. lot of people out there like who have really stressful, shitty jobs. And they're like, oh, wouldn't it be so nice to open an animal shelter? Wouldn't it be so nice to open, open a coffee a, shop, a coffee a shop or open, in my case, a bookshop. Yeah. So mine is and like, oh, my God, the tagline for mine is booked for murder. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to read this because like the cover is like a cozy bookshop and there's a cat sitting in a, in a chair. And it's, I was like, all right, I'm in for this. And I was like, sold. Um, so mine is about this woman who finds out that her and her mother have um, uh, not inherited, but like um, they, they get a letter from uh, her aunt. The, the, main, the main character is the is the daughter and, and she's with her mom. And uh, she finds out that they get a, they get a letter from her aunt, her mom's sister in England um, that she, they need, she, the aunt needs some financial help and needs some help like zhuzhing up and like redoing and re, like uh, refreshing this old, old, but like this bookshop is hundreds and hundreds of year, years old in the small English village and they get there to start setting it up. And of course, like there's a shady character right. and of course, like someone gets murdered. Right. Um, but again, it's not happening on the page. There's no gore. Um, and I remember there's a line in like one of the early chapters that's like they're going into the kitchen behind the bookshop because that's like the house is attached to the bookshop. And like she's describing the kitchen. and It's like, oh, my aunt lifted up this big giant tea kettle and the floor was flagstones and the wall, the, li- the light from the sun was coming in through these diamond window panes. And there was herbs hanging from the ceiling and a wow. cat sitting on a pile of knitting. And I was like, OK. Now I get it. Yes. Like, I understand the appeal of this. Because I, in that moment, I was like, I don't even give a fuck about what happens in this story. Like, I just want to hang out in this kitchen. Just like, I want to mentally be. From the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I just want to mentally be in this, like, on these, like, standing on these flagstones in this kitchen that's attached to a bookshop. Like, I, I totally get it. And um, it's like you read and it the, and the then is, you, you were, you look up and you didn't realize, but now you're wearing a, a full body sweater. Like your body is just yeah. like physically changed <laughs> into a full yeah, body I look sweater. like uh, I look like um like I have one of those like sleeping caps. Yeah, like, yeah. That suddenly come like, down. Wait, what happened? And, and like I'm in a in, in like a, I look like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, like yeah. I'm holding a little candle and like I have uh, <laughs> uh those pajamas on with the butt flap and like the floppy toes. <laughs> yes, like yes. I was like I get it. And honestly, the, so the first so we it's funny we both unintentionally read two books for this episode because I read um the first cozy book I read was um. Shady Hollow by mm-hmm. Juno Black, which I was in the middle of, and then I, uh, when I read it, when I talked about it on the show, and I read, finished it, and I loved it so much, I bought the other two books in the series, mm-hmm. um, and so, and I will say, I think I'll always love dark books and be a horror fanatic. But I think I would add cozy books to the rotation, especially if I was like on vacation or something and just wanted a light, fun read. Um, I think I'd be more apt to add books like Shady Hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were a little like I just loved like the, the animal aspect of it. Um, and it wasn't quite as formulaic as as chapter and curse. Um, but if you don't mind a formula, I would absolutely recommend these. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't know who was going to be the killer. I was surprised 
I, I was pleasantly surprised in uh, uh, Forbidden. You were Island pleasantly surprised? Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> oh, it wasn't the dog? Uh, that would have been the only thing I would not have liked. No, I was like, oh, that's so, good. They planted that. She planted that information, but I like didn't totally figure it out. I, I was impressed. And I looked it up. And so besides like the new business aspect, a lot of other cozies, co- they'll be either around a business or a hobby. I've read that there's mm. a lot, there's like a whole cozy mystery, a bunch actually, several cozy mystery series that are around like cooking or knitting. Mm. So it's very like hobby centric or like, or like small business centric, I guess, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So the convenient thing is that cozy, uh, uh, cozies um, are official that's an official publishing term, cozy and cozy, yes. right? Um, and so it's easy to find them. You'll be able to find recommendation lists online. Um, and any bookseller or librarian, they're going to know what you mean. We're not just, we did not make this up. Cozy is a thing. Um, and <laughs> yes. there's many of them that are long series. I know I read in the back, Deborah Blake, she actually writes another type of book. And I can't remember what she said she wrote. But someone said, oh, your voice would be really good for a cozy. And so she tried it out. And I know there are, I think there are several in this series now. Um, uh, so if you like it, like Mallory, you too can buy the next two in the series. Oh yeah. Like the funny thing is when I bought Shady Hollow, I was, it was like way before we even planned to do a cozy episode and I had looked it up on, um, the Penguin Random House website and it was like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was, um, not shelved, but it was like put in the coat. Like if you look on like the their website, it's under cozy mysteries. And I was wow. like, oh, this is a cozy. That's interesting. And it's I don't cozy. think I'd ever read one at that point. Um, and that's what I think got us both started to think about it. So Bria, what do you think? Should people should people try out get dip their dip their wool woolly toe wool, socked toe into the world of cozy books? I mean, look, it's not going to be for every single person, but I do think there are categories for a lot of people. Like the fact that there is a fantasy cozy floating around does make me think there's probably a category for you. I would say specifically it'd be great for people who like a definitive ending. Like if that's in your wheelhouse where you're like, I like shit wrapped up. I want to know what happened, who did it. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Things are going well with this business. Um, this person is a successful entrepreneur. Like I, I it's not not stressful. Like, it's not, like, completely, like, this is an easy breezy. It's, it's usually the writing style is, like, not stressful. But the uh, book itself, you know, they're trying to figure out a murder. Although it's so funny because the main character of mine kept being like, and I guess I'm the number one suspect. Which, like, she wasn't too, <laughs> super worried about. And I was like, I would be. Well, she's going to worry about about those ventilators. Like, she's got to she's she's worry about, about bottle well, feeding kittens. And there's a dog that bit someone. This is, like. It bit the warden said the dog bit someone and the dog may have to get put down. So she's super worried about that instead of about the warden's untimely death or timely death. Um, so, I mean, it's not not stressful, but if you're looking for something that, you know, is going to be wrapped up within these however many pages, um, I think that it is a really good uh, uh, it could be a really good choice for somebody. Uh, what about you? You think people should try them out? Yeah, I think if you're someone who's like really stressed out, which we get a lot of emails from people that are like, I just had a kid or I'm in grad school or I, you know, you're stressed out for whatever reason. And maybe you have a hard time with dark books or just like you're in a place in your life where you don't want to be reading any dark books um, or you just read something really dark and you want a, a break or like a palate cleanser. I think a cozy book would be perfect. Most of them aren't wicked long. They're very like standard book size. They're like between 200 and 300 pages. Um, and if they're officially categorized as cozy, like, um, a Psalm for the Wild Belt is not categorized as a cozy. It's categorized as a sci-fi book. So you, you know, it's not, it's a, it's cozy, but it's not cozy with a capital C. It's not fall. It doesn't have to follow those tropes. But if a book is, is cozy with a capital C and is the publisher is officially deemed it as cozy, you won't have to worry about anything intense cropping up in a book, you know, especially if you're a me and you hate spoilers Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I, you know, I'm worried about a sexual assault happening or like, you know, you, you get, you're just not in the mood to read anything like that. It, I can see how comforting it would be to be like, I'm reading this book and I know that nothing bad is going to happen on the page. Yeah. But there is usually a murder and a business starting, depending on which one is more stressful for you. That could be stressful. <laughs> I have another theory about the business starting thing is okay. I, I think it, it has to do with the small town aspect. Oh, um, because, like, my, in my book, Chapter and Curse, like, she, they go, they travel from a city 
um, or a bigger town to a small little village. And like the second they get there, they're like, Ooh, it's a small little village. And you can look at all these like beautiful streets with gas, gas lit street lights and everyone knows everybody. And I think there's a lot of, especially right now where people are so fucking stressed about everything, mm-hmm. us included, that like the idea of being in a small little friendly town. And you have to start a business because you have to find a way to live within that community. I think the idea of going to a small town is very, very soothing to people. It seems it's it, it, and, it, and like, of course, we know that like there's just as many stresses in small towns and like small towns have their own set of problems. But I don't think there's a single person in the world who lives in a big city who hasn't had a moment where they were like, oh, you know, maybe I should give it all up and go be a barista in a small mountain town, you know. So I think that the small a- the village aspect of it is like. Because there's a, like the thought that like, oh, if you're running a business in a small place, it's not as stressful for some reason, which right. we know is not true. Right. But I think there is a big fantasy aspect. And, you know, even in mine, there was like, uh, you know, this stressful thing. It's kind of like um, You've Got Mail. Is that, That's the one with um, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in, in the bookshop, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's kind of like that where they get there and the uncle wants to sell the bookshop. That you've got uh, they mail. get there and they all... I can't remember yeah, it's, can, in the, uncle. the difference between the you've got mail. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, that's right. And sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Um, but the, in, um, in this one, like they get to the bookshop and even though it's like idyllic, like the, the, the shady uncle wants to sell it to a big conglomerate. And, you know, they're like when she walks into the bookshop shop for the, for the first time, there's all these corporate people like assessing the bookstore mm. for whether or not it would be like a good thing for them to buy. So you have like that kind of aspect, which is stressful, but um yeah, I think uh, I, I talked recently on the show about like Miyazaki s books that mm. have that are like a real focus on like the comforts of life. Yeah, and I think a lot of cozies are like that, like tea and comfortable places, and um, you know. So I think if you are you're into that stuff, if like food is in your wheelhouse or like stuff like that, I I, I really I give it a try. And, and like you said, they're they're pretty short. They're pretty quick reads, so it's not like it's going to take up a lot of your time. Yeah. Uh, if you if you if you don't like it, but I I would totally recommend it. Uh, so you can send your thoughts on cozies to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Magic Spoon. When I was a kid, I used to wake up on a Saturday morning entirely too early to fill up a big bowl of cereal and watch cartoons. And then I'd take that box into the TV room and I would just keep filling it up, keep getting getting that had milk left. Therefore, there was more cereal to be had. And there's really something nostalgic about eating cereal. We all love cereal. Well, guess what? Magic Spoon has replicated your favorite childhood cereals to taste good and be good for you. Each serving contains zero grams of sugar, over 13 grams of protein, and less than five grams of net carbs. And look, a lot of us have dietary restrictions. Guess what? Magic Spoon, it's gluten-free, it's grain-free, it's soy-free. Whatever the things that you're looking for, you should go check it out because there's a lot of things you may think you can't eat cereal because you don't eat grain. Guess what? You can eat Magic Spoon. That is amazing. And you can also think about it your favorite cartoons while you're eating it. You can be like you're back on that Saturday morning, just like me. Plus, it's only 140 calories. So there's like a magic, a little bit of magic in every spoonful. There's a lot of really great flavors. I'm just going to talk about a few. What about peanut butter? Peanut butter in a cereal, that is really amazing. Honey nut, that's one I really like because think about honey nut. That reminds you of all your favorite cereals from childhood. And of course, y'all know I'm a chocolate fiend. I love anything that tastes like chocolate, so... There is a cocoa for those of you who want those. But if you're looking for something wild, they have cinnamon roll. They have cookies and cream. So many delicious flavors. So head to magicspoon.com glasses to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. Be sure to use our promo code glasses at checkout to save $5 on your order. So, and tell them that we're coming. Tell them glasses sent you. Reading glasses sent you. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash glasses and use code glasses to save $5 off. Glasses. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Hello, dreamers. This is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, Steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Murder them? 
I'm gonna wreck it. They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera, or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime. Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase. The Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. Time to look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, we're testing out some favorite glass or book tech. Our favorite thing, or yeah. our favorite thing and your favorite your thing, favorite. listener, for us to talk about is bookmarks. Uh, these are metal bookmarks with cutouts sent to us by, well, there's no name on this one. I don't, I don't I, I'm sorry if there was, I may have not put it in the spreadsheet. I'm sorry, but thank you. If you are, we will shout you out. If you sent us these, you sent them back in uh, February or so. Uh, Bria, you want to describe these bookmarks? Yeah, um, they're very cute. They are called hollow metal bookmarks, if you are looking for the name of them. And they have like pictures or items carved out in them. Uh, the one I was I was using has a bunch of flowers. You can see, so you can see through them if you can imagine it. So it's like carved out of the metal. Um, according to Amazon, which is where we got them, um, they uh, each bookmark represents a different Chinese element. Um, they're 4.5 inches by 1.5 inches. And they have a super a thin red ribbon attached. We tested them out. Mallory, what do you think? So I actually, I, I, this gets pretty high marks on most things yeah. on the reading glasses bookmark scale. But I do have one drawback oh, that okay. I'm going to talk about. Um, so like, because it's metal, um, it is pretty rigid. So I gave it a nine on rigidity, but it's not, it's very thin. So you can still like bend it. It's mm. not like um, totally you know, you can't it's like we, I, we, we, we got a bookmark once that was like really thick wood and like you couldn't bend it. Um, thickness. I gave a six because it's pretty thin. It's not like a big metal. Like, like, wait, hunk. should we do them at the same time? Like compare and contrast are two. Different, oh yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. What, Rigidity, what did you think? Of, I thought what did 10, you, but I think you are right. It probably is more bendable than I'm giving it that I'm thinking. So maybe I'll go with nine also. Um, for thickness, what did you give a six? So I thought it was thickness. It's not very thick, but I thought it was a good amount thick. Like, I thought the thickness was Oh, there was we go. A, so I thought it was a 10. I, I gave this very high marks, by the way. Um, uh, but you, okay. What about stamina, ability to, to stay in a book? I gave this a nine because yeah. it's, I, I think it's the perfect, I think you're right. I think it's the perfect amount of thickness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put a bookmark in a book and it's, it's like a little satisfying thunk, like you're putting a sword in a sheath. Yeah. Like, I was like, it has that. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, yeah. Which is what why I think? think we don't, you don't want a thick ass bookmark. So I, yeah, I think uh, no. for stamina, I also, I gave it a nine also. I feel like it could really, it's not going to go anywhere, but I mean, it's not perfect, but I think it is very close to perfect. And what about durability? What did you give it for durability? I gave this a nine. I mean, it's metal. I feel mm. like it's going to, uh, it's not going to break. It's not going to, you're not going to get, you know, like folded edges like you would with a paper bookmark. I think that this is not going to, unless you're like bending it a lot, I guess. But uh, I, so yeah, gave it a nine. What, what about, about um, um, aesthetic? Oh, I, I also gave it a, I also gave it a nine. I gave it a nine for your durability. Aesthetic? I, I gave it a 10. Same. It has like a pretty, I, I really like the pretty, um, uh, not ribbon, but I guess string that hangs yeah. off the top of it. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the, it's just pretty. It's a pretty looking bookmark. What do you think? It's really pretty. I gave it a 10 also because I think, uh, without the ribbon, I think, uh, or the string, I wouldn't have given it as high, but the string really added to the additional like really nice carving on it and what about length what did you get for length i'm actually amending it i'm going to give it a seven because it's not um and not when i give it a seven i don't mean um that it's a bad length that it's just not super long because it's only about like the book i have it in right now it is like it takes about half the page it's 4.5 inches i know that for a fact i also gave it i gave it a um oh i guess you liked the length i like the length but i think it Length is really, it's going to be subjective because I don't read like any giant tomes. If you're reading a tome, yeah. this is not the bookmark for you. But I, I mean, I, the books I'm reading are going to be paperback, flimsy paperbacks. So it's not going anywhere. And again, that string is going to keep it from like moving around your pages too much. 
So um, I did give it a 10. I gave it very high marks. Um, but you said there's a it's drawback. It's a good bookmark. What's the drawback, Melanie? Yes. So I think on one hand, metal bookmarks are really great in a lot of ways. Obviously, they're very durable. Um, they can look really nice. They have good stamina. But this bookmark is so it's metal, and it's so thin that it's almost sharp. Oh. And that is, I was like, I can kind of see if you like, you know, left this on the couch and like sat on it on the mm. wrong way. Like this could, could, might cut you. Um, you know what I thought you were going to say the drawback was? Because it has these little cutouts in it that crumbs would fall in it. <laughs> <laughs> the cutouts are actually cute, but that's part of it is that like. Dust could build. I them. can see that this, you might get a little like, like slice from this. I see. That's I the see. only p- problem with a metal bookmark is that, uh, and I, and I, just to make sure I, I wasn't, uh, you know losing it I, I i handed it to jeremy and i was like does this look like a sharp bookmark to you and he was like yeah this is pretty sharp mm. um so i it that is that's so a slight problem for you i have a danger. bonus <laughs> i have a bonus oh so maybe it'll even out maybe we should maybe. do a danger rating <laughs> danger rating but i'm gonna give bonus points because i think it has a secret use it is so rigid that it's kind of like a um uh it, a you ruler? Could use it, yeah, a ruler. You could use it to make straight lines. So you could use you it could for underline art. stuff in your book. Yeah, or or use it for our project. But yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that is a that's cool interesting secret use because you know if 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 it's a less rigid bookmark would it's like the perfect rigidity and thickness where it's re, could be really good for that for for underlining for making straight lines. So I don't know. I I that, five out of five. I find this to be a very elegant bookmark. No, I thought this was great. I just, I'm very clumsy and I can hurt myself. Like I, I've cut myself on my own fingernails before, like a we baby. We cut to the cozy um, novel in which Mallory's boyfriend is stabbed with a bookmark. And we, uh, <laughs> everyone is like, how could that have happened? And they bring this, uh, this, this podcast. It's the perfect evidence. crime. No yeah. one would suspect that my, the murder weapon was tucked into a book. <laughs> uh, so I, that's my only, my drawback. So I'm giving it a four out of five pages just because, but I real I think this is a beautiful bookmark. And if you are, um, you're looking for a bookmark that isn't paper, you know, something that's a little more, um, it will last a little bit longer. Uh, I think this is good, but, uh, maybe, I don't know, file those edges down a little bit. I, I don't know. Not for children, okay. not for children or clumsy for, people. Yeah. Yes. You know what I would say? Yeah. This is definitely not a kid, not a children's bookmark, which makes it sound like a dirty, like, Ooh, an adult's not only children's bookmark. bookmark. Like it, like it's like a, like a, like a dick that you would stuff in a, stuff in a book. It's not that kind of <laughs> adults only, but uh, yeah, I would see, yeah, I just I, I couldn't stop thinking about like it getting stuck in like the like the crease of the couch and me sitting on it and like <laughs> slicing my leg or something. But it's really 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 nice. We'll put a link in the show notes to it because this came from our wish list, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you want us to test out some book tech and you have ideas, you can send them to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail dot com. Or if you we have a wish list of uh, a bunch of really cool stuff that we're, we're, we 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 want to test out for the show uh, in the in the show notes. If you want to check that out. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Hannah writes in, My family and I started a monthly book club where we meet on Zoom and it's been great. The goal of our book club is to expand our reading horizons. This month, we're reading a nonfiction book about human trafficking and sex slavery. It is an incredibly well-researched book and, of course, very important, but it's so hard to get through because of the heaviness of the topic. This made me think about all the heavy books I haven't read that I want to read. Do you have any suggestions for reading books that are emotionally challenging in their subject matter? Bria, what should Hannah do? Damn, Hannah, this is, uh, it's like when you go to an R-rated movie with your parents as a kid and you're like, I can't believe I had to deal with this in front of your parents. Like, this is, you just (laughs) went that and had made the adult version of it. Um, I'm very impressed. Um, I will say, I, I personally try not to read an emotionally challenging book all by itself. Like, I'll have another one that's a little bit lighter, maybe find yourself a nice cozy. Um, I put that one in rotation because you may not always be up for this subject matter, Right. Um, like I'm not always in the mood to watch Fences. Fences, a great movie. When I saw it, I was so moved by that movie. The performances are great. I cannot always watch that movie because I cannot watch Violet yes. Davis cry that much. It makes me very sad. It's a very tough movie to watch. Um, so you got to be ready for this book. And I think it's it's okay sometimes you want to watch a sitcom. It's okay sometimes you want to read something a little bit lighter. So I'm going to suggest a nice mystery about the murder of a dog warden if that if that would work for you. <laughs> 
Um, but I think, I think um, also remembering why you're reading it and you are reading this specifically for a thing and that can kind of help me get through more difficult books. Like knowing you're going to be talking about it with somebody else, that's always helpful. Uh, dealing with it as a group, uh, dealing, dealing with like the emotional response you have like as a group and knowing you're going to have a group to rely on for this, that's very help- helpful. A lot of times I'm reading books like this for uh, for work or for educational purposes. So I think having that light at the end of the tunnel, knowing that like, okay, this is not just me reading this dark book all by myself. Like I can go and talk to people about it. I have, I've decided to read this book as a group. I think that's a great idea because then you're going to have other people to chat with it about it later. Yeah. Mallory, what are you thinking? What What are things that, uh, what do you do? Uh, seconding, wow, kudos to your family for being brave enough to read like, a book like that together, your your family must be cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. I can't, like, imagine being like, I'm going to talk about sex slavery with my parents. Like, that is, uh, your family must be pretty progressive and awesome. Um, But I will, so we've touched on this before, but our, my recommendation is small chunks, baby. We love yeah. a manageable yeah. chunk here on Reading Glasses. We should make a soup called Manageable Chunks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's gross that it's a soup, though. I mean, it could be anything. Just well, be- there's, there's, what, can't, doesn't Campbell, is it, it's Campbell's that has the chunky soup? Uh, like, chunky yeah, is like a selling yeah, yeah, point yeah. for soup. Yeah. Like, chunky is not good in any other area, but if it's a soup, people are like, oh, yeah, give me those give chunks. Give me that chunky, oh, also a salsa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like Sal- a chunky yeah. salsa, a chunky, uh. Cookie. Cookie, that's right, a chunky cookie, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can't think of anything else, though, that is uh, chunk positive, except for reading glasses. We're very chunk positive here. I would say a chapter or maybe even less, depending on how long the chapters are at a time, maybe at lunch, before bed, you know, in the morning. A great example, how I read Melissa Phoebos's, uh Girlhood. Uh, it's a great book, but it is heavy subject mm. matter, you know, a book about feminism and internalized misogyny and external misogyny and... Um, you know, it's not a feel-good book. It's not a book that you're like, oh, I'm going to curl up and cruise and read this whole thing in one sitting. You know, it's really heavy. And also, you don't really want to read books that are, 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 are that heavy in one sitting because it's harder to absorb all that's happening. You know, the books like that, mm-hmm. whether they're fiction or nonfiction, are throwing a lot at you at once. And because it's so heavy and intense, it's hard to absorb all of it. So you're probably going to get more out of the book if you read it in a man- manageable chunk. I would say, like, set a little goal for yourself, five pages, ten pages, at a time where whatever time a day, you know, maybe before bed might be too intense, but like at lunch or, you know, designate a time during the day. Um, like Bria said, you can keep another lighter book going at the same time. And maybe for your book club, you want to read a little bit faster than that. Uh, I We had a classer who wrote in once that was like, I take the number of pages and then I divide them by however long the time I need to read them. And that's, it's like a very grad school thing that, yeah. you know, like, all right, I need to read this many, many pages a day. Try that. And then, um, yeah, those, those man- manageable, manageable chunks, chunks are really the way to go. You know who else? We're also pro chunk, the child from Goonies. Wasn't that child named Chunk? Yeah, I think, was it Chunk? I thought it was the, the big guy was Chunk. Uh, the Hey You Guys ch- guy. No, no, it's the, it's the little kid. It was the little kid. Well, who's the, the big guy shuffle. who loves Babe Bruce? That guy. Hold well, on, let me IMDb him. <laughs> look up Chunk on IMDb. I did look up Chunk, and it is the little kid. <laughs> um, but that wasn't, yeah, Jeff Cohen is was Chunk. Um, the, hey, you guys. They had to call him something. Yeah, what was his name? It's not Mouth, it's not Chunk, it's not Brand, it's not Mikey. Oh my god, this is data. I forgot about all these weird it was like data. Is it sloth? Sloth. Data. It sounds like the seven sins. Sloth, data, chunk, mouth. Yeah, it's sloth. Poor. Oh, and Sean Astin is I had such a crush on Sean Astin in that movie when I was a kid. Oh, you did. Um uh anyway. Uh another pro pro, chunk. We're pro Jeff Cohen, who played the role of Chunk in (laughs) in, uh in the in Goonies. Uh, I also, before we, we end, I did have a final. Uh, he's know, a lawyer now, by the way. He's a, he's a lawyer. Oh, my God. I hope he has like a, one of those weird lawyer signs that you see on the highway that's like, go with Chunk. No. Break he, your break your lawsuit up into Chunk. No, no. He looks like a very professional man now. 
Good for this guy. Do so you think he still does the truffle shuffle? I don't think so. Not, he looks Maybe just serious. for his wife. Anyway. <laughs> we could take this part anyway. out. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, <laughs> so we're, one, we're pro, we're pro chunk on reading glasses. Two, my final thought about cozies is that I re- when you said that thing about the dog warden, I realized that something that happened in, in, in a lot of cozies is that the person who gets murdered is usually a bad person. Yeah, that's right. They might not like be totally a villain, but they're bad. usually yeah. like a shitty, like, and I remember in, in Shady Hollow, like the the toad that gets murdered is like kind of an, like most, like most people in town don't like him. He's very ornery. Like he's not like a villain. Like I don't think he deserved to die, but he's definitely like an unpleasant person. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of a, a through line for cozies as well. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, weigh in on any chunk related things, uh, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. And hey, we're still waiting if someone wants to set up something on Storygraph for us. One, we would love that. Two, let us know. So write into readingglassespodcast at gmail.com so we can shout you out and, and thank you. And you can get all kinds of cool stuff. I would say we should make a chunk shirt, but maybe not. I don't, I don't think people no, would get that. I don't think so. I think no. reading in chunks is too confusing. <laughs> but you can buy all kinds of other things over on our Mer- Void Merch store. There are there's book slut shirts, but there's also libraries are flipping awesome. There's reading glasses specific stuff. Ask me what I'm reading. There's a lot of really cool stuff on a variety of different types of products, whether it be a shirt or a mug over on our Void Merch store. Check that out in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something for us for free that will have a measurable effect on on the show and our hearts, uh, you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Just go into the mobile app on your phone, wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the Reading Glasses page and see if there's a way to... um, to rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. Um, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.